its last day. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't exactly mean, therefore, thou shalt party for all these days. Uh, it, it's, it just doesn't work very well. Do you have some odd sense of this in our culture with debates from people about when should they take down their Christmas tree? Uh, in the South, uh, in Southern culture, I was taught that you have to take it down before New Year's or it's bad luck. I have no idea where that notion came from, except that most things were enforced by, or it's bad luck. I have others who tell me, no, 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 it must stay up through uh, Epiphany or Theophany, January 6th. And I think to myself, I never saw anybody do that in my childhood, but I've never seen Orthodox people either. What did they do? Do you know what's done in East European homes? The truth is, is there's just not actually a fixed custom about this thing. These sorts of things vary. And uh, one of the things, though, uh, that is true is that I hear people talk about Christmas lasting for 12 days. Well, it doesn't because tomorrow, tomorrow is the leave-taking of the feast. Uh, the, uh, it, it, it doesn't last any longer than any of the other major feasts. Uh, and it doesn't last nearly as long as Pascha. Pascha the leave-taking of Pascha is... Uh, all the way up to, to nearly uh, nearly the 40 days of, of, uh, that you go up to uh, the ascension. Uh, 
cost is different. It has this uniqueness about it, and it goes that way. But the truth is, even with Pascha, you know, after all the rigors of Lent and fasting, and, you know, that whole first week, bright week, and there's no fasting allowed at all, and there's a sense of brightness and lightness about it, but still, uh, you can't party for all those days. Problem is, is I think, is, is understanding what a feast means. And um, a feast, uh, in, you know, if you can look at the Old Testament, there are feasts, there are festivals that are held there. There's a great deal of, of detail given of what must, the priest must do and certain things required of the people. Uh, but one of the things the feasts do is they, they change the nature of time. I mean, there's a way in which time uh, could easily be just one day after another. And some could say, and in fact some Christians of various groups have said, one, no one day is different than another. I mean, early Puritans in New England forbade the keeping of Christmas, particularly parties. And I think they were just opposed to having fun. But uh, in general, but it's part of those happy people. But uh, yeah, when they eventually learned that you could make money from it, it suddenly became legal again. But that's another uh, story about the nature of New England. But um, it's an interesting thing. For instance, that God is the one who begins the notion of making a distinction about days. Uh, and the first distinction made was the Sabbath day the seventh day, which is Saturday, in which, under Jewish law, you know, no work was allowed that day. And um, it's funny how that day uh, almost came to be seen as an unhappy day, the day of the can't-dos, you know? Oh, no, it's, you know, it's like fussing at Jesus because he healed someone on the Sabbath day and saying, well, you can't heal on the Sabbath. You know, that breaks the rest. And it's like, Jesus, you know, fussed at him. And said, you, you really don't understand the Sabbath. You know, you, you really don't comprehend what this is about. Um, it is a day of rest because it sets it aside. It's not a work day. It's a day, if you will, that remembers paradise. You, know, you remember when Adam and Eve get kicked out of paradise, uh, they have to go to work. <laughs> you know, it's, it says you'll... you'll Plow and work the, the ground in the sweat of your brow, he says, you'll make your bread. You know, it's, it's going to be hard. Paradise was easy. It's just picking fruit, you know, and just pick it and eat it. I mean, just not that true. Paradise is easy. And so uh, the Sabbath day is sort of a revisiting of paradise. In the same way, the feast days of the church, which have uh, more Christianized meanings about them, uh, mostly marking days in the ministry of Christ uh, or in the life of his mother. Uh, these, these days are set aside sort of like paradise days. They're to be happy days, days of joyous celebration. So what happens when you hit, you know, an eight-day stretch, which is the normal time following the feast, a major feast, there's eight days until it's leaving. So what's going on? Uh, what's going on in these, how do I do it? I can't can't just sort of party for eight days. Uh, but what we can do, and what we ought to do, is I, I think that there's a, 
there's sort of this brightness of looking forward to Christmas, if Buddha happens, for instance. Um, the, this period, that's sort of the penumbra, that sort of lives in the shadow of it, that's sort of the after, after the bright light has come and it begins to settle down, that there's a time, if you will, for digesting, not just all that you've eaten on Christmas Day, but digesting the feast as well. Uh, and thinking about Christmas, about its purpose, what did it mean for us this year? What did, did it mean to you this year? Um, in what ways was Christ made known to me uh, in this feast? How did I keep it? Um, in what way did I honor him? Uh, and letting that light continue in my heart as these days move on. And then we will move soon to another feast. In fact, on January 1st, there'll be another feast day. It's the feast of uh, the circumcision of Christ, that the day which Jesus would have been given the name Jesus, and we remember that. It's the day, it's also the day, because it's his circumcision, the day of his first shedding of blood you know, on our behalf. So there's a, a mystery involved in that. And then, very soon after that, Theophany, another one on the 6th of January, we commemorate his baptism. And, and so and these, all of these things, this rhythm, that we have as Orthodox Christians as we move uh, from feast to feast, following the rhythms of the ministry of Christ uh, and what he does for us, but also marking some of those major uh, ones with fasting, preparing for them. Each week, the fast on Wednesdays and Fridays as we prepare for the Feast of Sunday, because every Sunday is a little Pascha. It is the day of resurrection, which we celebrate that. So, Anyway, I, I wanted to share all of that, just um, leave-taking, as well as I say, it's a little thing on the calendar, and it can be treated as, oh, there's a set of private directions for the priest for him to know which prayers to use because it's leave-taking. But the calendar exists for us. It's not a law. You know, there's, if someone says, oh, I forgot it was a leave-taking, it's not a sin. You know, it's... Uh, I even get this sometimes when people say, you know, come to confession and say, I forgot to fast. Well, it's not exactly a sin. It's a break in the practice. It's not a good practice not to fast. But it's not like, you know, yelling at somebody. You know, it's, it doesn't rise to that level. Just, you, you didn't do something that would have been good to do. You missed an opportunity. But it doesn't constitute sin before God. So anyway, um, so tonight we commemorate the leave taking, um, and uh, on January one, what day of the week is that? Friday, Friday, uh, Friday morning at nine o'clock. There will be uh, a celebration of divine liturgy at nine, uh, commemorating Christ's circumcision. Also, it's the feast of Saint Basil the Great. Uh, uh, so all of those this week, and so and I'll be doing that other. Daniel's taking some uh, little bit of leave time, relaxing, <coughs> and, uh, and I'm hanging out. So, anyway, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, announce it on Sunday.